Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Noodles on the Wall podcast. Uh, this was a little different from what we've done before. It, this segment won't be called Environmental Nights. Instead, it'll be a new title. I'm thinking maybe calling it Wiki What, uh, and it'll probably go on Wednesday, so it'll be the Wiki What Wednesdays. So this segment or episode will basically be me clicking a random article on Wikipedia and hoping to educate myself as well as you guys uh, about random stuff. So I've also not done any research on this. So I'll basically just be reading off of Wikipedia page. So hopefully you learn something and maybe I will learn something. Uh, so this is the first episode, so there won't be any uh, intro song or intro uh, beat or anything for this week. Um, I guess next week I will try to do one, but this is just an intro for what this new thing will be about. So I clicked on Wikipedia and the subject for today's episode is the history of MAD, as in the company MAD. So we will start at the top, uh, the intro of this page. It says, debuting in August 1952, with its cover date of October through November, MAD began as a comic book, part of the EC line published from offices on Lafayette Street in Lower Manhattan. In 1961, MAD moved its offices to Midtown Manhattan, and from 1996 onwards, it was located at 1700 Broadway, until 2018 when it moved to Los Angeles, California, to coincide with a new editor and a reboot to issue number one. In the planning stages, the new publication was referred to as EC's Mad Mag. The title was Mike's suggestion, Al Feldstein once said, but it was shortened by Kurtzman to just Mad. The phrase, Tales Calculated to Drive You, above the title Mad, referenced radio's suspense, which often used the opening, Tales Well Calculated to Keep You In... Dot, 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 suspense. With wordplay on jocular, the vertical subtitle, humor in the jugular vein, hinted at a sinister satirical edge. Early artists. Written almost entirely by Harvey Kurtzman, the first issue also featured illustrations by Kurtzman himself, along with Wally Wood, Will Elder, Jack Davis, and John Severin. Wood, Elder, and Davis were the three main illustrators throughout the 23-issue run of the book. Severin, a mainstay of Kurtzman's EC War Comics, left the comic book by the 10th issue. Kurtzman included his own finished art only sporadically, primarily on covers. However, he was known as an exceedingly hands-on editor and a visual master, and thus many mad articles were illustrated in strict accordance with Kurtzman's detailed layouts. A handful of other artists also contributed to the original run, including Bernard Krigstein, Russ Heath, and most conspicuously among the non-regulars, Basil Wolverton. 
The first two issues of Mad spoofed only comic books and the movie genres of romance, horror, sports, and science fiction without overtly specific references. However, with issue three, Kurtzman turned to direct parodies targeting two well-known radio programs with parodies of Dragnet and The Lone Ranger. And he soon began satirizing selected comic strips, Little Orphan Melvin, comic books, Super Duper Man, books, Alice in Wonderland, exclamation mark, films, Ha, Noon, and television programs, How'd He Do It? Expansion and Evolution of Mad By mid-1953, William Gaines had made plans for expansion. After nine bi-monthly issues, Mad became a monthly with the April 1954 issue. At that same time, EC Comics launched another satirical bi-monthly called Panic, edited by Al Feldstein. Since this new title also used Kurtzman's core trio of artists, uh, that's Davis, Elder, and Wood, the peeved editor felt that Panic sapped and diminished the creative energy to meet Mad's production schedule. In 1955, with issue 24, the comic book converted to a magazine format. According to popular myth, this was done to escape the strictures of the Comic Code Authority, which was imposed in 1955 following U.S. Senate hearings on juvenile delinquency. Actually, Kurtzman had received a lucrative offer from another publisher and only stayed when Gaines agreed to upgrade MAD. In the 1983 interview with the Comics Journal, Gaines remembered, quote, Harvey had come to me and said, how would you like to turn MAD into a slick magazine? And I said, I wouldn't like to turn MAD into a slick magazine. I'm a comic publisher. I don't know anything about slick magazines. It's a whole different ballgame, and I'm not interested. And that was the end of it for six, eight, ten months until he was offered this job with Pageant. Pageant. I don't know how to pronounce that. Anyways, uh, as I recall, he was going to he was going to begin with a section of the book to do all by himself, and also a good chunk of money, which was more than he was making with me. And I countered this by recalling that he had wanted to make Mad a slick. And I said, Harvey, if you stay, I'll let you make Mad a slick. And Harvey stayed, made Mad a slick, and didn't even take as much money as he would have gotten at pageant because Harvey was never money crazy. He could have spent, he could have spent it like a maniac, ha-ha, but for himself, he was never demanding in that sense. So that's how that happened. And once again, that was a quote from the Comics Journal in 1983. Uh, back to the wiki article. In a 2016 interview with Gilbert Gottfried on his podcast, Al Jaffe remembered it slightly differently, stating that the original comic primarily focused on spoofing newspaper comics. By adopting the broader magazine format, they could lampoon and parody a wide variety of topics. The immediate practical result was that MAD acquired a broader range in both subject matter and presentation. Magazines had wider distribution than comic books and a more adult readership. 
However, the Comic Code's authority had proven fatal to most of Gaines' EC comic line due to restrictions on title and content. Gaines suffered both financially and creatively from the targeted industry's censorship and the amenity of his fellow publishers. EC's national distributor, Leader News Co., was the nation's weakest and did not have the clout to withstand an undeclared industry boycott of EC product. The company's comics were frequently returned, still in their original unopened bundles. These factors combined to drive all EC's comics from the stand, except for MAD, which was too profitable to ignore. The company's financial status grew shakier in the 1956 era, when Leader News Co. declared bankruptcy, leaving EC over $100,000 in debt. Only the Gaines family investment of capital and a fortuitous deal with the much stronger American news distributor kept Mad afloat. Al Feldstein's team. After the bulk of EC's line was canceled in 1954 and 1955, the company was completely reliant on improving fortunes of Mad. In a creative showdown, Kurtzman insisted on a 51% share in the company or else he would quit. When Gaines rejected the demand, EC was without its dominant creative force, and Kurtzman was separated from the magazine that crystallized his talents. L. Feldstein returned to EC and oversaw MAD during its greatest heights and circulations. Taken over with issue number 29 in September of 1956, Feldstein set to work assembling a flanks of humor writers and cartoonists. His first issue as editor coincided with the debut of Don Martin, crucial longtime contributors such as prolific writer Frank Jacobs and star caricaturist Mort Drucker quickly followed. Before the classic Mad staff was assembled, Feldstein also relied on celebrity guest contributions to attract attention and fill pages. Some of these pieces attributed to Bob and Ray were actually the work of their main writer, Tom Koch, who would flourish in MAD for decades under his own byline. By the early 1960s, working with art director John Putnam and such nobles as Antonio Prohius, Al Jaffe, and Dave Berg, well in hand, Feldstein had fully established the format that was to become a commercial success for decades. The MAD logo has remained largely unchanged since 1955, save for the decision to italicize the lettering beginning in 1997. For many years, mysterious letters IND appeared in small type within the logo between the M and the A. Sometimes the MAD logo included cavorting centaurs within the lettering, one of whom would be pointing directly at the IND, though some fans speculated about the secret meaning of the mind message, the truth was more prosaic. From 1957 on, the magazine was handled by the Independent News Distribution, also known as IND. Side note, I never knew about that, but I think it's cool it said mind ad instead of mad. Circulation Peak Al Feldstein joined MAD in the same year that Time described it as a 
short-lived satirical pulp. By the time he left 28 years later, the magazine was commonly cited as one of the three greatest publishing successes of the 1950s, along with Playboy and TV Guide. The magazine's circulation more than quadrupled during Feldstein's tenure, peaking at the 2,132,655 sold in 1974, although it had declined to a third of this figure by the end of his time as editor. The highest-selling individual issue was number 161 in September 1973, which sold over 2.4 million copies. Sales for the April 1974 issue depressed because of its cover illustrating a hand giving the finger gesture, as in the middle finger. Several newsstands refused to put the issue on stand, and mad offices had extra copies as a result of this. For tax reasons, Gaines sold his company in the early 1960s to the Kinney Parking Company. Kinney was in the process of becoming a conglomerate, including acquiring National Periodicals, aka DC Comics, the people that make Batman and Wonder Woman, and Warner Brothers, people that make Harry Potter. Those sorts of movies and stuff. By the end of that decade, though technically an employee for 30 years, a fiercely independent Gaines was named a Kinney board member and was largely permitted to run mad as he saw fit without a corporate interference. By the early 1978, Mad was obliged to include a UPC symbol on its cover. The magazine responded by devoting the entire front cover of an issue to night of issue 198 to a giant UPC barcode saying it hoped it would jam every computer in the country for forcing us to deface our covers with this yucky UPC symbol from now on for more than two years subsequent issues labeled the normal size symbol with a series of humorous captions such as close-up of the gap in Alfred E. Newman's teeth, or hair of a man watching a horror movie. When Feldstein retired in 1984, he was replaced by Nick Meglin and John Ficara, who co-edited Mad for the next two decades. After Meglin retired in 2004, Ficara continued to edit magazines through 2017. In conjunction with the magazine's offices moving to Burbank, Bill Morrison assumed the editorship in 2018. Later History of MAD Following Gaines' death in June 3, 1992, MAD had become more ingrained within the Time Warner corporate structure, which did not share Gaines' idiosyncratic ideas about marketing MAD. Time Warner turned the magazine over to DC Comics publisher Jeanette Kahn and Paul Levitz, and the DC Vice President Joe Orlando became the magazine's new associate publisher. Closely involved with DC's licensing, Orlando had also been a staff artist with DC Comics in the 1950s and a prolific contributor to MAD during the 1960s. Time Warner put a much stronger emphasis on MAD merchandising and licensing including products for its chain of Warner Studio stores 
Orlando Special Projects Department at DC Comics hired Bob, spelled B-H-O-B, Stewart to edit a new Mad Style Guide in 1994 featuring artwork by Sergio Aragon's Angelo Torres and George Woodbridge. Eventually, the magazine was obliged to abandon its longtime home at 485 Madison Avenue, printed as Mad M A D Avenue on the masthead, and in the mid 1990s, it moved into DC Comics' offices. At the same time, DC relocated to 1700 Broadway. Although Orlando retired from DC Comics in 1996, he continued to design cover layouts for Mad right up until the month of his death in 1998. In 2001, the magazine broke its long-standing taboo and began running advertisements. The outside revenue allowed for the introduction of color printing and improved paper stock. Some black and white material, however, remains in each issue. In April 2009, with issue number 500, MAD contracted from a monthly schedule to a quarterly circulation. MAD editor John Fickera joked that the move was in response to letters complaining that, the, that only every third issue is actually funny. So we just decided to publish those. And the cover price was also raised to five ninety nine. In March 2010, MAD had become a bi-monthly magazine, coincided with Paul Levitt stepping down as president of DC Comics. Issue number 533, dated uh, June 2015, featured MAD's only guest editor to date, and that was Weird Al Yankovic. In t- August 2015, the cover of Hillary and Bill Clinton, a parody of Mad Max's Fury Road, was praised highly by Huffington Post, Sun-Times, and many other media. Issue number 550, dated April 2018, was the final issue of the first volume of the magazine, magazine which launched at EC Comics in 1952. Mad Magazine was rebooted with a new number one, dated June 2018, and a new look. After 30-plus years, John Fickera retired, with illustrator and comic book artist Bill Morrison becoming the new editor, and the magazine shifted offices to Los Angeles after decades in Manhattan. First, they were on Madison Avenue, remember, and then they moved to Broadway, and then they went to Los Angeles. On July 4th, 2019, it was reported that following issue number 10 of October 2019, which is next month, uh, of the Mad Revival, future regular issues would no longer contain new content, but will rather contain recycled content from the previous 67 years of publication. This does not apply, however, to the end-of-year issues and special certain issues. In addition, Mad will no longer be sold on newsstands and will instead be purchase- available for purchase in comic shops. And that is the end of the Wikipedia article. So, I hope I didn't butcher too many words. This was first time reading it. So, we went on this journey together. I guess I learned some new stuff. Never knew about the IND and MAG in the titles. But I guess it's a future thing. But August or October 2019, 
I guess will be the end of their new content. That's kind of, kind of sad. Um, but yeah, I guess you'll be able to read the old uh, comic books. I'm surprised this article didn't even talk about Mad TV, but maybe that was just a different article on Wikipedia altogether. Um, cool. So that was our first issue of, I guess, Wiki What Wednesdays, unless somebody tells me they have a better idea. Uh, but yeah, let me know what you think of this. I just was notified this podcast is now on Google Podcasts, as well as some other companies I've never heard of, maybe Breaker, some some other places. Um, but yeah, I'm going to run a quick ad at the end of this, so hopefully you've made it to this point. Um, let me know what you think, follow this podcast. Leave me some voice messages. Um, Anchor's pretty good at letting me know when people send me voice messages or follow. Um, But yeah, let me know what you guys think, and I'll see you next time. This episode has been a production of the Noodles on the Wall podcast. 